Welcome, everyone, to this week's episode of the Here's Johnny podcast. I am Larry. And I am Justin. Uh, this week has felt like a very long week. You know what? It's really funny you say that because just yesterday, Michelle uh-huh. and I were talking and we were like, man, it feels like it should be Saturday. <laughs> yes, like, it feels like it should be like Monday and that was of yesterday. Week. <laughs> yeah. I have just been gassed. Like, we have, like, here, you guys just came off of a three day weekend, and here in America, we're coming into a three day weekend. Yeah. And dude, I need it. <laughs> I need yeah. it something bad. But uh, what's been any any kind of news and notes for the show before we get into anything? Um, I think we, it's all like next week kind of news and notes. Yeah, I have like a bunch of stuff like next week, uh, but I can talk about some stuff I'm doing right now slash did. So like, what's been new? Yeah, go for it. Because I I don't think I have really any. I have some exciting stuff coming up that obviously you know about, but I can't, mm-hmm. I'm not going to share of yet. Um, that's very exciting, but, uh, and I will talk about it in a second again. Um, mm. But kind of leaning into the what's new stuff, um, I tried to review Gollum. <laughs> oh, that's such a bummer. Like, it's like, I'm really sad because I'm a sucker for Lord of the Rings and I'll play whatever comes my way from it. Like yeah. the third age is like one of my favorite games. Cause it's like yeah. final fantasy 10. <laughs> <Lord of the laughs> yeah. But I was excited about Golem cause it was something different. Huh. And so, but you luckily saved me a lot of money. Although yeah. looking around, I, I don't pre-order anymore. Yeah. It, I, man, I don't think I would have pulled the trigger anyway. It is. It is probably the first game that I've ever like emailed the people for and said like listen I can't even play the like I can't beat the first level really I can't, I can't beat the tutorial but I guess because you've reviewed obviously a lot of games at this point but this is the first one you actually couldn't like play to review yeah like there's Crazy. been other ones that I like They're I emailed rough. the person and saying like listen I'm not enjoying myself I can either write a really bad review or I just won't write one Oh, that's um, nice of you to do that. Well, you know, I, I understand that it's, <laughs> I mean, it's people's livelihoods, right? Yeah. Um, but this one was just like, I, I cannot physically, like, I, I tried a bunch of, they had me go through, like, a bunch of steps. I tried everything, nothing. Like, I could not, there was this one point that it froze for me every single time. That's such a damn shame. Yeah. But on, bright, I guess, brighter news. Uh, uh-huh. I've played a few matches so far of the TCM game. They are having their tech I still haven't gotten invited yet. That's okay. They're, so today was you apparently... You tomorrow, right? So, well, it starts today. Okay. But today was like a very, very small group. Mm-hmm. And they said if things keep holding up well, they're going to kind of keep expanding it. Because cool. it's really to test like their servers and stuff. So yeah. as long as it keeps going well, they're going to keep sending out more and more invites. Um, so I've played a few matches of that. Dude. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> so it's 3v3. Um, or 4v3. Three, it's like the survivors versus like the family, right? Yes. And As the, when you're the killer, are you the third person or is it first person? Well, it's all third person. Thank God. That's what my biggest problem with playing Dude, killer in Dead by Daylight. Running around as Leatherface is fucking revving that chainsaw. Mm. It's, it's great. It's great. Um, but no, so I've only really played, I played three matches has the family I played and right now it's you can't select your character right now oh so it's just random you get tossed into a match oh well you can pick what side you want to be on but it won't let you like 
pick or level up or do any of that stuff okay. right now. Um, so I got randomly selected to be Leatherface two times, and then once I was, like, the dad. Okay. Um, it was fun. They played, like, wildly differently, which was interesting. Something I've noticed is that the, like, survivors can actually, like, fight back a little bit. Not too much, but, like, enough to, like, even the playing field. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's It's been a lot of fun. Um, played some Zelda. <laughs> uh, I'm, I got my armor that I want to wear to the end game. I've got it fully upgraded. My plan is to just wear Majora's Mask and nothing else. Uh, I don't, That's how I beat the last game. <laughs> I don't know if you want to hear what I'm wearing, so... I won't. Cause I, I am way, way behind you, because like, I don't have... Final Fantasy 16 on the horizon. Oh, I do. I so I'm just fucking. Like, so you have to get it. Yeah. So yeah. But for me, I'm just like, like I literally might start Crisis Core, and like play them in tandem. Oh like, I'm just in no rush. I think I have like something like, I have like 19 hearts, maybe. I think maybe 20. Oh Jesus, you're way two full like stamina, stamina wheels. Um, I will say, I got a very interesting. Uh, lore weapon. You got a lore specific what? Uh, weapon. A lore specific weapon. Yes. Um, it is amazing. Um, so I, I've done like all like the fairies. Uh, okay, I actually haven't found a fairy yet. <laughs> so it, it's, I won't say how, but it is different this time a little bit. Okay. Uh, it's it's more like in, you have to kind of invest yourself a little more. It's not money okay. basically to open them up. Um, I've done like a, a ton of the depths stuff. Just yeah, walking I got around. Sh- the moment I got down there and figured out how to shoot the bright blooms, I got real distracted. Yeah, that's like where I, it's where I am now. I, 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 th- I think I'm ready to start taking on dungeons since I have all my stuff fully upgraded. I'm like, I'm ready. Okay. I think my armor altogether is like 86. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's pretty awesome. Um, I'm trying to think what else I've been. The other stuff I've been playing, I can't talk about okay um i got to sit in on this this actually broke like 30 minutes ago uh, i actually got to sit down for like a demo for the new alone in the dark game oh okay um it's actually looks I'm not gonna lie pretty good <laughs> um i know nothing about them the only thing i know is what happened on that review for ultima okay or, this, so this know, is they're remaking game. basically the first one with a little bit of oh, reimagination in it um, they actually cast uh, David Harbour. Is that a name? Stranger, Stranger Things. Things. Yeah. He's the lead character. And then the, I believe, lead character of Killing Joy. J- yeah, I don't know. Um, anyways, it looks super interesting. <laughs> and I'm excited for that. And, uh, yeah, basically right now I'm head down in a bunch of reviews because I have to get a bunch of stuff done before I go to L.A. in, like, two weeks. So. <laughs> fuck <laughs> what about you larry i actually don't have a lot uh i've been watching the bad batch I'm like over halfway with season one i watched the mist video games obviously tears of the kingdom my dailies in pokemon trading card game live and then i played a little bit of vampire survivors mm-hmm. uh because the the new dlc that game is just nice like i just put it on like if i want to burn 20 minutes because it's so low stakes you know and i like the way things level up uh, I did finish two books. One was the first Sookie Stack House book. And the other one, which was where most of my time went, was the second book of Mistborn, The Well of Ascension by Brandon Sanderson. Okay, yeah. 
because we finished Popey's show for book club <laughs> last week. And so this has been sitting there waiting for me to get to and finish, and I just ate it up. Uh, and I'm not waiting as long as I did between book one and two. I actually already have book three, and I have to read Devin's pick for book club, and then I'm going to read book three. Interesting. Okay. Um, so uh, how did uh, Stephen feel about your He gave it a talk? three. Devin gave it a three. My friend Ethan gave it a 2.25. I gave it a 1, and Matt gave it a 2. Interesting. It was trash. It was annoying. <laughs> it was not good, but it's, it's in the past now. Well, Steven, I'm sorry for bringing it up again. <laughs> <laughs> and then the uh, anything, anything else, other things, um, AEW, I'm buying my first wrestling pay-per-view ever in my whole life because WWE is always on the app, so I never had to like buy the pay-per-view, but AEW yeah. big pay-per-views on Sunday. So it's the first one I've ever bought, in, so I'm pretty excited. Well, I'll be excited, yeah. That'll yeah. Be exciting. Um, my favorite wrestler, MJF, who I've sent you a lot of videos of. He's a guy who's eating the pickles, if you remember, yeah. through yeah. the drink oh, in the yeah. kid's face. That douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, he's headlining it in a fatal four-way. Okay, so what? I I don't know if this is um, AEW or WWE. What's up? Um, the, I don't know. There's been like talks about like a storyline that's never going to be finished because something happened. That happens all the time. Can you tell me any characters? No. <laughs> oh, so uh, nope. That happens all the time because like because wrestlers will quit or like get in trouble or get hurt or whatever. So I, I don't. I that's too broad. <laughs> I will try to find out more information. <laughs> but yes, mommy, who Justin has found on TikTok, that is Rhea Ripley, and she's on WWE. Okay. In so AEW, that's why you watch WWE. Okay. <laughs> well, she wasn't on there beforehand, but I I do so one of her first her one of her, her first match at WrestleMania, her ring gear was inspired by Vegeta. Okay. So like okay. the white and the blue and stuff. And like she's fucking yeah. giant too, so it was that was cool. But in uh AEW we like Dr. Britt Baker. AEW she is Doctor What's her name? Brit B R I T Baker. She is a actual dentist who started doing this on the side because her boyfriend or husband is like a professional wrestler, and now she's like the face of the women's division. Wow! But she's like a legit dentist. Like she flies out to do these things on Wednesdays, but most of her time is spent being a dentist. Could you imagine? It's like, like, it, it's like, like what if she was your dentist? It's like me and you. Like like wait like. We have our jobs and our hobby is podcasting or video games or whatever. And it's like, what's your hobby? Well, remember just like sitting at a really bougie dinner. It's like, oh, well, I mean, on Wednesdays and Sunday nights, I, I go beat the shit out of people for <laughs> fakesies. <laughs> Jesus. All right. Well, that's a lot of happy stuff. Are you ready to get really goddamn depressing? No, <laughs> but yes. All right. Let's talk about... Spoilers, 
uh, not only for the movie, but a little bit for the novella as well. Um, so The Mist is a 2007 sci-fi horror film written and directed by Frank Darabont and based on the 1980 novella by Stephen King. Justin, I am curious. Did I end up reading the book? No. <laughs> no. Can you tell me uh, any other movies that Frank Darabont directed? I know he, on it? Oh, yeah. Uh, I know he did Walking Dead, uh, but that's a show, obviously. He was a producer on Walking yeah. Dead, yeah. Um, obviously, something we've watched recently. Nope. <laughs> no? Uh-huh. Have, have we seen it before? So... In you for the have, show, for the show. Yes, but we didn't review it. We watched it because Rachel wanted to. The oh, Blob, nineteen eighty-eight. Oh. But he's also done the Majestic, which is like one of my favorite um, Jim Carrey movies. It's like a, but it's like a serious movie, so it's not like super okay. comedy. But he also did Nightmare on Elm Street three Dream Warriors. Okay. But this wasn't his first time with King. He also directed The Shawshank Redemption and The Green Mile. Oh, fuck. Okay, so he's got, like, he's got He some understands chops. King. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, we know King at this point, as listeners of the podcast are horror fans. This novella appeared in the anthology Dark Forces, which was a bunch of different authors. Um, but he put it in Skeleton Crew. So, like, you can get that with other short stories of King in the book okay. Skeleton Crew. Uh, and this is the key time to note that the ending of the novella is very different than the ending we get in the movie. So, I, like, I kind of want to read the book. All right, I want to spoil it for yeah, you. Yeah, don't tell me. Yeah, I was going to say, I was going to ask, but... It's just, I'll just, I think it's very different and it's not as dark. Well, then, it'll be happy compared to this movie because <laughs> this movie is dark. <laughs> so the cast of this movie is absolutely insane, which is something I did not remember at all. And... It would be too much of, like, the total chunk of the episode to dive into all of these, like, backgrounds of these actors. But I don't want to cut anybody out. So here's just, like, a rundown. Okay. So Thomas Jane, Marsha okay. Gay Harden, Andre Brower, Sam Witwer, Darth Mole, Toby Jones, William Sadler, Alexa Davalos, Chris Owen, a.k.a. The Shermanator. And then we have the majority of the Walking Dead cast, Jeffrey DeMunn, Lori Holden, Melissa McBride, and Juan Gabriel Perea. Like, this cast was stacked, and it was something that I did not remember. Yeah, I mean, so it's funny that you say that because I, like, I remembered, obviously, Tom Jane. (laughs) Two-Face. Two-Face and Marsha Gay Harden were the two I remembered. Yeah, um, I remembered, um, sorry, I'm looking at them right now. (laughs) You're good, you're good. Yeah, um, I remember him, and yeah, yeah, because... Yeah, those are really the two I remember as well. Mm-hmm. And, but like, so um, Andre Bra- Andre Brower is mm-hmm. was insane to me because so I watched Brooklyn Nine Nine, yes, uh, and he's like the he's like a lead character in that, and mm-hmm. he's hilarious, uh, which is such a weird like I remember seeing Brooklyn Nine Nine, and like thinking about his role in this <laughs> and going, oh, he's gonna be a fucking asshole. I'm gonna hate him, but now, man, like. I can't believe how many people were in this movie. This cast was stacked. And the crazy thing is, this movie was shot on a budget of $18 million. I'll get into some stats about, like, why it it had to be so cheap. But it grossed 57 at the box office. I'm, like, I'm curious how, excuse me, how they got it so cheap. 
I think I have it in my trivia notes, but if not, I remember why. Uh, okay. And then one of the last kind of things before I get into the trivia is Darabont says that he wanted to release the film in black and white as an homage to Night of the Living Dead, but the studio told him no. However, on the 2008 copy of the DVD and Blu-ray, you can watch it in black and white. Interesting. Okay. Trivia. Stephen King says that he was genuinely frightened of this adaptation of the novella. Frank Darabont described that as the happiest moment of his career. I mean, if you can scare... Yeah, you know what? That's... Yeah, that's fair. During an action scene in the film, a man runs into a wire-rotating bookshelf in the grocery store. If you pay attention, all the books on the shelf are by Stephen King. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Frank Darabont agreed to make the film with Dimension under the condition that no matter what, they would not change his written ending. They agreed. That's like a bull. Like, I'm very surprised that like everybody was okay with this. So I'm looking here, and I don't have it here, but I'll tell you what I found. When I was doing my research. I'm surprised I didn't include it. Darabont had to give up his salary as a director in order to secure that, and it also he also had to go to Bob Weinstein, so brother of Harvey. Yeah to get the protection that he needed to make this movie how he wanted to do it. And so they were originally going to offer him $50 million if they would change the ending and kind of do some things, but he was like really like stinging about it. So he didn't take a pay he didn't take a salary on it. I think Thomas Jane took like almost no money for this in order cuz he was really like wanted to do the movie that Darabont wrote. Yeah. So that's why it was so cheap because a lot of like the people just wanted to work with Darabont. Okay. Uh, in the opening shot of the film, David is painting in his room. Um, Justin, now you know he was painting Roland from Dark Tower. Yep. Yep. Uh, another design in the room is Carpenter's The Thing. Uh, Carpenter also wrote and directed the movie The Fog, which has a lot of similar themes. I actually haven't seen The Fog. <laughs> it's, it's an interesting one. Maybe we can watch it at some point. It's, it's not It's not my favorite Carpenter, but it's, and it's also like when you have a movie like this. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah. So Darabont wanted Thomas Jane to play Rick Grimes for The Walking Dead. That would have been awesome. <laughs> like, I, I'm a fan of Tom Jane. I love Me too. his version of uh, The Punisher. Me too. Uh, and Two-Face. Like, I... Oh, yeah, Two-Face. Like, I think his performance gets, like, not talked about as much because of Heath Ledger's performance as Joker and obviously yeah. Heath Ledger's unfortunate passing. But, like, they both brought two of some of the most iconic Batman villains, like, beautifully to screen. And what about his role in uh, um, Scott Pilgrim? He's a... Have Thomas you seen... James and Scott Pilgrim? Yeah. You didn't Who's know that? Scott Pilgrim? <laughs> okay, this is going to be really weird. You have to kind of remember that movie really well. I do. I, um, I, I love that movie. Okay. He is one of the, vega- like, the vegan police. <laughs> is he really? <laughs> Yeah, shit. I, I. That's a reason to go back and rewatch Scott Pilgrim. Uh, vegan. Uh, and then you look at that up. Well, the last kind of trivia note I have is Norm is wearing a T-shirt from WKIT Radio in Bangor, Maine. This is one of three radio stations that Stephen King owns. The artwork on the shirt is by Stephen King artist Glenn Chadbourne, who has produced art for the majority of Stephen King's novels. Oh, that's a Facebook video. I'm sorry. It's okay. But you should watch it. It's 40 seconds. And it, it shows them, like, after, like, two seconds. Facebook video. 
pop up video. Holy shit, it is. <laughs> I totally forgot about that. It's so funny. Okay, um, so quick summary. Yes. Right of this. Oops, I did not copy over the scores. Um, our movie starts out where a storm comes and kind of incapacitates this small main town. So a storm comes and knocks out the power of the small main town. Thomas Jane and his son leave their wife behind to go to the store to get some supplies to kind of board up the house. And as they're leaving, they see this mist rolling across the bay. When they get there, we're kind of introduced to our cast of characters inside of the grocery store, um, which is a lot of people, which I'm not going to go into all their details about. We can probably do that when we do plot and character development and all that jazz. Um, but basically, as they're there, someone runs in and says something attacked him and his friend in the mist. And they're all kind of freaking out. And they close the doors and the mist rolls in. They're kind of all just sitting there. People aren't really sure what's going on. And no one really wants to like believe something terrible is happening. One of the moms is like, my son's out there. I need to go get him. And she walks out and leaves. And no one sees what happens. Um, the generator gets backed up. So they go back into the generator room. And that's where Shermanator gets killed when they open the door. And he gets ripped apart by a vagina tentacle monster. Yeah. Yep. And throughout all of this, we have Marsha Gay Harden's character, who is very devoutly religious and is slowly starting to recruit people. Justin's character is Brooklyn Nine-Nine, yes. man, the, 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 the police department detective. Uh, but in this, he's a douchey Manhattan lawyer. He uh, doesn't want to believe what's actually happening, and he recruits a bunch of people to go out into the mist with him, and they all presumably get murdered. And it's at this point where people finally start believing that there's monsters in the mist. Um, there's an attack and someone gets hurt. And so they have to go next door to get some medicine. Yeah. As they do that, they get attacked by these spider monsters, which are terrifying. But also, yep. Yep. yeah, um, we come back and that's kind of where we get the backstory from Darth Maul's character about they were, not him, but scientists were messing with interdimensional portals they rip one open and it couldn't close it and so that's what the saw is uh at this point the religious woman has so fully captivated the majority of the people in the store that she convinces them all to sacrifice the soldier to the mist in a brutal scene it's an absolutely brutal scene and it's at this point where thomas jane and his very small band of friends are going to get, like, they've made the decision they're going to get the hell out of there. Yeah. As they try to leave, they're confronted by her, the religious woman, and she wants to sacrifice Thomas Jane's son to the mist to appease the gods. Um, and it's at this point where uh, Toby, rest in peace, shoots her dead. They leave, Toby gets captured and killed, and then we have five people who make it into Thomas Jane's truck um, to drive away. Um, his son... Lori or the blonde from Walking Dead and two old people. Uh, they go to Thomas Jane's house first and they find that his wife had been killed by the spider monsters. And they're driving away. They run out of gas. And they all kind of look around and Thomas Jane looks at the gun and sees it has four bullets. His son wakes up from taking a nap on the blonde's lap and he shoots all four of them dead. He gets out and decides that now it's his turn. He'll let the creatures in the mist take him. And as he's sitting there, he hears a noise, and it is the army. Right behind him, clearing out the mist and the monsters. Oh, there man. to save the day. 
And as he's say, sitting there, fully enraptured in the hell he has created for himself, we see the mom who left at the very beginning to go save her children still alive. Man. Fucking just gut wrenching. Like I had to do a better job this week since I fucked up the, the summary for seven last week. So I just, <laughs> I did better this week. But plot wise, I Man. think plot there's two there's two sections where this is really strong and there's two sections where I kind of find it weaker. Yeah. Um plot is a, a strong section. Um I think the movie is long, but I think it earns its length because we need to go on this journey with the characters of their devolution or their the way they kind of split into different factions and all that. Yeah, and, and yeah, yeah. I, I agree because I, I also feel like if you don't, if you aren't that invested, like that emotional gut punch at the very end, it, I mean, it, I mean, it would still hit in a sense, but it wouldn't hit as hard as it does. Um, I agree, it is long, but it is well deserved. Yeah, like it, it's it, not. It, it, it doesn't it. have a lot of like. Scruff, fluff, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um. So there's that. I like the explanation for what the mist is and the monsters, because I think sometimes you don't necessarily need that, but obviously it feeds into the religious fanaticism. Yes. Well, and, and it, I... it also feeds into like the Stephen King of it all. Yes. Right, because it could yeah. be one of these other universes that Stephen King has written about, right? Like, it, yes. it, it is very Stephen King. And it's just, it just sets up not only, like, a, a believable is a hard word, but, like, a believable premise for what went down. Yeah, like, it also, sets it more in reality. Sorry, I, I realize no, I keep interrupting good, you. you're good. But it's also a good reason, or good, it's, it's a reason enough for the religious fanatics to make Darth Maul a sacrifice. Yeah, like it, it, it gives weight to their words in a way that if we didn't know about this mis, mispractice, I guess, that the mm -hmm. army was doing, it wouldn't. I mean, obviously, there would still be some people that would follow them, but because they're kind of laying it out as this is, you know, this is what God wants and this yep. is what the creatures want and all that stuff, um, it works. It really, I, I, I do think it really works. And. I know this isn't a Stephen King written movie. It is until like the last 15 minutes. Yes, because it <laughs> ends. Um, it, it has a great ending to it. <laughs> this is one of those movies that I really like, but the ending is so goddamn awful. Like not awful. Well, it's, like, a, it's bad, emotionally just... draining. Yeah. Like I don't go back to this movie very often. No, I, I used to really, really, really love this movie. Um, but then I found myself like, okay, I just got to stop. Oh, no. This is way before. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, uh, but, you, you, I mean, it is very emotionally draining. And I can definitely see why it is like, I, I do think this is a really good movie. But it's not one of those movies that you can, like, constantly rewatch. Like, I could. No. You know, Tell me you want to watch 28 days later, two days in a row, three days in a row, four days in a row. Mm -hmm. Okay, fine. If you want to watch this more than one day in a row, I'm like, no, nah, man. Like, yeah, well, I, need, I need a break. I need a, yeah. And this kind of bleeds into audio, but I feel like all of the characters are very well written. They all seem like real people who we would interact with on a daily basis. And because of that, 
as the story unfolds, we get to know these characters, the characters kind of take twists and turns along the way, it all makes sense. And I think that that is critical when you're going to have this ensemble cast where like everybody is doing things that are within the bounds of who we know them to be. Like yeah, with it, the, it, it makes it feel, because all these characters have like such, I guess, characters to them, um, it definitely makes it feel like a small town. Like my, one of my favorite, this is a performance thing, but I think the writing does lends him to do it too. The redneck, where he's like, "I don't believe you, fuck you, city boy, whatever," and he like sends Terminator out to die, and then he's like, "Oh fuck, I fucked up," gets his ass beat by Thomas Jane, then he follows Thomas Jane. Yeah. And then after the hell they went through in the pharmacy, he's like, "Nah, fuck this. Thomas Jane can't protect me," so he turns to somebody else. Yeah. And I feel like that is such a well written character because it's so strong. Yeah. That. It's really good. The religious stuff, I want to save for how scary, if that's okay. Uh, no, I, I absolutely agree. Okay. Because um, I, I feel like that is where the majority of 100%, that. 100%. Yeah. Uh, I gave it a 9.5. And the reason why I didn't give it a 10 is because, like, this is not a movie you can watch a lot because it just fucking sucks. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I gave it a 9 because it still has that, like... I mean, I've seen this movie a bunch. Never, I usually like, I can't watch it more than once a year, but that ending still, like, it still has weight. No matter totally how many agree. times I see it, it still has weight. Cinematography. Do you want to go first? Yeah, sure. Um, so I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure how I felt about the fog <laughs> at, the sure. be- like, at the beginning, just because you can kind of like, it doesn't look super great. Yeah, I mean, going across the lake. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But the way that they make the town really feel like enraptured by fog, especially when we're in the supermarket. Um, totally. Agree. I think it, like I, I'm sure it's just like a bunch of fog machines or something. I don't know, but it it really is amazing. Um, a little less so when they're outside. I yeah. still think it does look really good. It just like has so much more of an effect when we're inside because I think you can't... we have to like see our characters move a little bit. Whereas when you're inside the store, you're okay losing them out there because you can see everything inside the store. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like you, there's like this weird. Um, I don't even know how to describe it, but there's like, you know what's behind you in the store, mm-hmm. even though what is behind you is probably more dangerous. Um, but in front of you, you like can't see. They, they I mean, they, there's moments where they, you know, you can't really see like a foot outside. Um, and I know when I drive in the fog, when it gets foggy like that, it's. I hate it. Uh, yeah, it always reminds me of the mist or and Silent Hill. Yeah, um, Silent Hill's what it gets me. <laughs> yeah, um, I actually really like how well laid out the supermarket itself is. That was my biggest pro. It's yeah, is similar it, to the Conjuring. We know. Yes, where we know at. where everything is. Um, I mean, a little less so with the, again, the town itself. Yeah, the town, we kind of, in the parking lot, we kind of lose that, or, like, the, the convenience store, like, yeah. it's convenient that it's right there. <laughs> yes. But, like, the the grocery store itself, I think, not only is really well laid out for us at the beginning to kind of learn where things are at, but it's such a common location. Like, we've all been to that grocery store. Yeah, and even, like, the way how they, like, split up the groups, mm-hmm. like, and how where they're staying in the grocery stores, like, really, 
I don't know, just with monsters are chasing through the aisles, and there's like the yeah. halfway. Like, it's just, it's a really smart location to ground a story like this because everybody has gone to the small town grocery store. Yes, exactly. Um, the last thing I do want to say is. I think it was a very smart choice not to actually show Tom Jane killing everybody, but just to see the gunshots basically in yes. I feel like that was a lot more impactful. Yeah, um, I agree. And then obviously like you come out of the van and the mist starts clearing up. That was a very nice touch. The, the monsters. That is my con. You hit, you literally have, you went right down the list of pros. <laughs> my, the con is the monsters. Like I wish I don't, I I don't know if when they had to slice the budget in order to keep true to the ending that he wanted, if a lot of that, because I said it, they, they cut it by like thirty two million dollars. If that was going to go to the practical effects, yeah, because like we don't get a lot of monster stuff at first, and so when we're really jarred with the vagina tentacles, or even like, like the, the, the spy, or, the like mosquito type fly thing, yeah, like the locusts or whatever. It's like, yeah. It sucks because when you do have practical effects, like after the vaginal tentacle rips off skin or when the girl gets bit on the neck, the practical effects look really good. And I don't know if they just didn't have the budget to make a bunch of practical monsters. Well, so I know... And I wonder if it was in black and white, if it would look as brutal. But there are just so many points where, like, despite... So people who listen to this or know me at all know that spider is like shut me down, like yeah. brain turns off, immediate fear. But I can watch Eight Legged Freaks. Oh, I, I love Eight Legged because Freaks. it looks so fucking fake. Yeah. And so when the spiders were crawling off that guy and he fell and they kind of crawled off his back, that bugged because they were so small. But the bigger ones didn't bother me that bad because they didn't like they were so obviously computer animated. I think the actors did a good job reacting to them and making them feel mm. scary and real, but it looks so bad. And like the big crab monster didn't look good when it came and picked up Darth Mole. The flying bat horse things didn't look that good. Like, and I think it's just like 2007, so like we we, we should expect more. And I'm not going to punish them too much because I I can only imagine the budget getting cut like that. Yeah. It's a really easy cost-saving measure to do CGI over a bunch of practical effects, but yeah. I don't know if that's the case mm -hmm. or not. I can only assume. Like, if, if you lost that much money to your budget, that you would have to figure something out. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm right there with you. The, the monsters are like the big, <laughs> like the monsters make me pause when I want to talk about the cinematography because, luckily for how scary though, they aren't the driving force. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so overall, I gave it a six and a half. The CGI monsters really are a bummer. Yeah, no, I agree. I gave it a six. Audio. Um, I have a lot of pros, and it's all about performances, but I have one con. Okay. So what do you want to do? I mean, I think we can agree that the performances are outstanding. Across the board. Like, like Marsha Gay Harden is just terrifyingly evil. The townsfolk are great. And all their different flavors and varieties. Thomas yes. Jane. I mean, I don't think I've seen a movie where I was like, oh, Thomas Jane can't act. Like, he's just great every single time yes, he's in a fucking exactly. movie. Yeah. Um, I love the little old lady. I like how badass she was. Um, I like Toby's character development. 
like everybody was great like it's just like it's even it's hard to pick a outstanding performance yeah if you leaned on me i would say Marsha gay harden because she is the villain of the story but even sam witwer like as like the private like who's gone through hell and like sacrificed and stabbed and murdered like it's just everybody brought it like everybody gave frank darabont all he got and if you think about like the green mile and shawshank the same thing right people yeah whatever he gets behind the camera people want to give him his best and i think that's kind of see that again here yeah i mean i i agree i think the 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 performances here were just like outstanding without being like overbearing. Yeah. My big con. So at this, cause I've seen this movie before. I know what the ending is, right? Okay. And throughout the majority of this movie, we really don't have a score. It's pretty much just like the sounds of the town yeah. or whatever. But as they're driving away, we get this almost like Viking esque, like <laughs> operatic song, which will probably be what you hear when we play the intro because it's the only thing I know that was in it and like it's just so over the top and like bombastic and loud and like gloomy that you kind of know something bad's coming like this isn't going to turn out happy and rainbows and since I knew what was happening I thought it was like too on the nose and too much when there was so little before I don't know how you thought about it though yeah, I'm pretty much in the like in the same boat. I I think I I think there is a lot a lot to be said about like kind of like environmental sounds. Yeah, and, the, like the spiders like it, having those noises and everything. Yeah, but like I think especially in a movie that is this long. Yeah. I think like I understand like they're trying to build tension and dread and stuff and I mean there's ways you can do that. Look at like a lot of like the slasher films right like they do that um it just felt a little empty yeah it it, it was just like it was like this is like a lot for like for there being so little throughout this is a lot right now yeah uh but overall the performances really send this thing home i gave it an eight and a half yeah i gave it a nine i actually i really i i think the for the majority the performances kind of outweighed that like the no the no score being there but i can like, I could see if somebody kind of went into this hoping that there'd be something. I can see them being disappointed. I think it would have been cool if they had used, like, like music on the, on the radio or, like... Yeah, like, that, use like the, the town a little more. kind of stuff. That... Or even, like, have, like, a... I mean, let, let's say, like, a shock jock stuck at the radio station. Yeah, right? just a little and bit like, have them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How scary. So... The ending doesn't scare me. It's more just like, fuck, that sucks. Yes, exactly. Yes. And we already kind of hit on the monsters. Like, yeah, the spider monsters and the things in the mist. Like, that is, like, spooky. But because of the CGI, it also is, like, okay. This movie is scary because of one person and one person alone. And how quickly she is able to turn a group of rational people who know her to be a lunatic into a murderous mob. Um, and that is Marcia Gay Harding. This movie was picked for religious season, even though it's a monster movie, because the horror because is derived from her. Yeah. So when she walks in, she's being rude to everybody, and everybody's like kind of blowing her off like, yeah, this bitch is like, this, she sucks. And then she sees preaching. And she makes these proclamations and they come true and people are scared and they turn to her and 
I mentioned this over in the Zombie Girls chat because I, I post like the pictures, like what I listen to or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And we were talking about it a little bit, and like what's scary, what's so scary for me, especially like, living here in America, is like there are so many people who, under the guise of religion or Christ or the Bible or whatever you want to say, who are actively trying to take away rights from women, from queer people, from trans people. And, like, trying to say, like, it's because they know what's best or their God says that they have to do it. And these people aren't just, like, trying to, like, restrict them. They're, like, hunting them and killing them and making their existence illegal. And that's why this movie is so terrifying because you have people who are so easily convinced and wrapped up in these lies. Yeah. And they're willing to do terrible things. And they might very well just be, like, an average person. Like, who, if they weren't radicalized, would never do this. But the wrong person behind the pulpit or the wrong person on a microphone, right, who they get wrapped and raptured into, it's scary, man. It's it's really scary, and it's, like, it's actively happening. And to see it here and to, to just know how real that is, I don't know. It makes my skin crawl. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of right there for you. There's a reason that this was picked for... It's it's funny because as soon as you picked this for religion, like, I knew exactly, like, okay, I agree. I would think, when I think about this movie, even, like, pre-watching it and obviously post-watching it, it's not going to really be the monsters. Like, obviously, yeah. yes, they are, like... They're monsters. <laughs> they're, 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 yeah, they're monsters. They're monsters, yes. <laughs> But they're they're not like the driving force in the movie. Correct. The driving force is horrific, horrific religion, yeah. <laughs> um, and it's weaponized from fear. Yeah, and like I I get behind you because like I never really had to deal with like a lot of like scary religious stuff, but I know people who have, and yeah. there's a reason why I think this is like one of our scarier genres is because it is also like the most grounded in reality, the most like realistic things that like, obviously like a mist isn't going to happen and we're all not going to die from monsters. But like, if you're stuck, stuck in a grocery store, that is something that I could like viably see happening is like religion taking over basically. Exactly. And like we, we talked about like previous stuff that we've done before, like in this season or we need to go back really shortly to frailty. Right. Yeah. Like, one of the reasons why that was, like, spooky and why it kind of stuck with us is, like, we can see someone kind of believing they're a messenger of God and they have to go out there and kill his people. Like, in that one, it turned out that he was killing bad people, but, like, it wouldn't be that hard just... He just had a hatred, right? Yeah. And I don't know. Like, I I don't want to begrudge people who are religious. That's totally fine. But I do think a lot of people use it in a way to rile up well well that's fears. the thing is is there is there's a difference between like being religious and like weaponizing it yes exactly and weaponizing it is disgusting yeah it's <laughs> like because she's obviously maligned and she believes in god but like she also hates this town like it's very clear she doesn't like the people in there mm-hmm. and like that's why she has no problem having the town people stab that soldier like he's a private like that that dude cleans fucking toilets with toothbrushes. Like, he is, like, and everybody knows that. Like, he's, like, the lowest of the low in the army. And you yeah. think that stabbing him and throwing him out and sacrificing him is going to appease your god? He didn't do anything. Like, he just graduated high school. You think he created the time portal that fast? <laughs> like, 
it's but like everyone's on board and like happy and it's like yeah whew, it's a lot it's it's a lot and so because of all of that i gave house scary an eight i gave it a seven because i i actually think we're <laughs> never thought i would say this but in a weird way the monsters kind of like detract from a little bit <laughs> they do if the spiders looked real this would be a 10 yes i agree if, <laughs> if, if but they still if, fuck with me because they're still spiders but i can watch it, them <laughs> yeah like if it was a little if the the animations of the monsters were a little god, better. Even, this would oh be, my god, I would die. I would die. Yeah, it would be a lot better, but I think, like, in a weird way, <laughs> the monsters detract from the scary. <laughs> Alright, to review the scores, I gave it a 9.5 for plot, you gave it a 9 for cinematography, I gave it a 6.5, you gave it a 6. For audio, I gave it an 8.5, you gave it a 9. For how scary, I gave it an 8, you gave it a 7, Justin. That gives it a here's Johnny final score of a 79. Mm-hmm. It goes kind of towards the top. Um, and it's actually among really good company. Other 79s that we have give have given is It, 2017, The Lost yeah. Boys, Go Frog Brothers, Nightmare yeah, on Elm Street, <laughs> and Resident Evil Remake, the video game, the OG, yeah. OG Saw, and OG Scream. Interesting. Really good company. Below it, film-wise, Justin, we have Evil Dead Rise, Frailty, Jacob's Ladder, uh, and Silent Hill the movie, as well as Spiral. And then above it, film-wise, we only have Get Out with an 80. Oh, okay. All right. So that is our review of The Mist. Um, We're going to play a quick commercial, and we'll head on into the closing. Ghosts, split souls, monsters, sociopathic villains, cold-blooded murders, and nightmares becoming reality. Does this sound like horror to you? Actually, these are all things that can be found in the Harry Potter series. It can be scarier than you might think. I'm Katie. And I'm Audrey. And in our podcast, Wizard Studies, we talk about all these parts of the wizarding world and even some more lighthearted stuff. We can be found anywhere you listen to your podcasts and on Instagram and Facebook as Wizard Studies Podcast and Twitter as Wizard Studies. Now back to your regularly scheduled horror talk on Here's Johnny. So, Justin. Yes. We get to watch the movie I've been most excited for you to watch next week. Oh, man, that is next week. Oh, shit. Okay. The Last Exorcism. Uh, it's one of my favorites. It's been a while since okay. I've seen it. I don't want to say anything about it, but people know I'm a sucker for found footage. It's like when Justin like says he doesn't like it, then one of his favorite movies is Digging Up the Marrow, which is a fucking found footage movie. I was like, <laughs> you're such a dick. Like You're holding out on me. Like, So I am a sucker for found <laughs> footage movies. And I, I, I just, there's a way to do found footage good, yes. and then there's a way to do it poorly. Like, yes. I remember the movie that made me really, really, really dislike found footage is apollo 18 i think oh, that fucking sucks so bad i totally agree <laughs> yeah. but like for every one of those though you get like two or three great ones like uh grave encounters is an amazing found footage movie you've seen that right no you michelle should watch that sometime so it's like a okay it's not a spoof but like the plot is like they're like ghost adventures okay so they don't believe it they're all full of shit but that place ends up being haunted Mm, interesting okay it's really really good or houses october built 
Have you seen that? No. So that one fucked with me because it was a bunch of friends who are like trying to find like extreme haunted houses, and they they find one. Okay. They find one that's a little bit too extreme, <laughs> and literally that is why I don't like going to haunted houses anymore. Okay. The first one I had Just... gone to in like forever was the core maze with you guys, because like Devin knows she's like she doesn't have enough peer pressure to make me go to them anymore after watching that movie. <laughs> but like eight people do. <laughs> but enough people are like Larry, you're coming with us. Like, <laughs> But the dogs get in the car. God damn it. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, Last Exorcism is one of my favorites. Um, okay. It's it's going to start off slow, and it's going to run. So okay. it, it is right. going to start off slow. But hopefully you like it. It's actually sitting right there I got from the library. I picked up from the library today, so I'm pumped. Uh, so that's what's coming up next. Um, I kind of think of any news or notes or anything. Oh, the the PS showcase was yesterday, but we'll we'll get into that in our campfire because there's some stuff we got to do now that we have dates for things. Well, guys, that's your tease for the patrons. Everyone, thank you for hanging out with us, and until next time, stay scary. The Here's Johnny podcast is brought to you by Larry and Justin. You can find the show on Twitter at Here's Johnny Cast, and you can find Larry at beaver la you can find justin at pickle thing and you can email the show at here's johnny podcast at gmail.com you can look us up on facebook at here's johnny podcast as always in the show notes you can find links to the discord and to the website we are also on instagram at here's johnny underscore podcast also in the show notes we'll have a link to the twitch and youtube channels and if you would like to support the show you can head on over to patreon.com slash here's johnny podcast every cent goes into the show And yeah, we just really use it to make the show better. Again, I just want to say thank you very much to our patrons. Uh, You guys helped make this possible. But yeah, Patreon is the way we support the show. We aren't looking to get rich. And like Justin said, every dollar, every cent, it all goes back in. There's some pretty cool tiers. So head on and look at that. But until next week, see you guys later. Mm